Hey, this is Roberto. You are back with another Steambox podcast. Thank you for making us the top three podcast in the world for the third week in a row. I am here with my Central Falls Steampunks. Central Falls, you guys are you guys are what? Steampunks. The Warriors. Say it, guys. Central Falls, you guys are what? The Warriors. Warriors. I'm with my Warriors from Central Falls. Everybody at Steambox is my Steampunks. Y'all all my Steampunks, but y'all my Steampunk Warriors. Nice save, nice save. <laughs> that's not a that's that was not an accident. I want to hold it against him ever since. I want to warn our audience. Um, I want to warn our audience that uh today's a silly day. We mentioned weird science, <laughs> and one of my students started crying and <laughs> went and went to the corner like uh the Blair Witch got them. An, another one of my students American Pie, there's two separate occasions. Another one of my students said the word bus and I completely lost. I completely lost the person. She's bugging out. So we have a weird day. Uh but on our weird day, we brought the least weird guest ever, right? Like that's the thing. No one ever calls you weird. Uh today we've got today we've got uh Libby. Libby pronouns? Uh she they. Libby pronouns, she they. Libby is an educator at the Katie Brown Educational Program who teaches students about types of types of relationships, uh, relationship violence and ways to have healthy communication and sometimes helps teachers to be better allies to the LGBTQ plus students. They're especially interested in examining different ways abusers manipulate the people they date. The ways man abusers manipulate the people they date. In her free time, Libby enjoys making weird pizzas. I need to learn more about that. Mm -hmm. Playing Cold War and walking her three-legged dog. Libby, welcome to the Steambox Podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. I got to watch you in action uh, with students at Highlander last week. And there was one part. Do you remember the part that I said? I, I thought it was really cool as an educator to educator watching you talk to students. Do you remember what it was? Uh, I want to say it was so we were talking about um, like sexual violence specifically and we were talking about why that hits the way it does basically we were kind of touching base with everyone about you know we hear all this stuff about how things like sexual assault are so traumatic um, and we don't always get told why that is and so what I did was I actually showed everybody um, a clip from a sci-fi movie where somebody had had his legs um, taken off and replaced with robot legs and so he's waking up and he's like just realizing this and it's not a sexual clip at all but it does really kind of relate to like the core part of sexual violence that is sometimes so traumatic which is like you know you lose control of your body our brains hate when things happen to our bodies that are outside of our control um and one of the students i think had said made a really really good point noticing that in the clip um when he sees that he has robot legs he covers them up immediately um kind of covers them with a blanket and we were talking about how that happens so much with sexual violence too like people feel the need to cover it up and feel ashamed of it and feel like a pressure to hide it I don't remember if that's the one you're talking about yeah I think I think the words you said were uh I think you were you put words to that character like I just want to pretend this didn't happen yeah and when you said that and that wasn't a scene that represented everything that you wanted to talk to talk about, but it was you introing the topic. It was you segueing, and by doing that, by saying those words, I just want to pretend that didn't happen. Can all of you at this table relate to that moment? Can all of you relate to I just want to pretend that didn't happen? Desi's nodding yes. Just now. I mean, as a woman, you know, yeah. as a woman, it I mean, happens. Last podcast, yeah. Um. Yeah. So it, that's one of those things where I felt like by doing that you were able to connect to everybody and ease into some topics that are probably harder to talk about. Some people get goofy when we talk about these topics. Some people get real serious. Some people get scared. Some people get triggered because of experiences that have happened to them or that they've seen. 
Uh, but when I tell Desi that we're going to talk about relationship positivity, Desi says what? Sex. Desi says the first thing that comes to her mind Sex. when we think about, and then we broke it down. Was it, is it the positivity part or is it the relationship part? that there are some people who don't have sex in relationships yeah. yeah there are people who just don't want to have sex period are you aware of this what are you looking at me for that's all your works all right so uh so one at a time there's a whole bunch of things i want to ask uh first i got to ask about the pizza and then i'm going to kick it to the i'm going to kick i'm going to kick it to jordan you said pizza you don't know what i'm talking about then? no what am i talking about pizza she, she makes oh. weird pizza she makes oh. weird i thought you said peaches i didn't what? pizza no. she's going to make weird peaches I don't know about a wood. I don't have that kind of technology. All right. So don't forget, one at a time, uh, I'm going to ask her about the weird pizzas, and then I'm going to go to Jordan, and I'm going to go around the table this way. Uh, so uh, so weird pizzas, what the hell does that mean? I, I'm somebody who gets really bored by things like pepperoni, and so right now I'm in kind of like a challenge thing with my boyfriend where we're each making like a weird theme pizza every single month. So I've just did like a Chick-fil-A one that had like waffle fries and like like a popcorn chicken that I made and like a copycat Chick-fil-A sauce and stuff. I've been on like a mac and cheese one. I'm doing like a lot of weird stuff. I just did, he's vegan. So I just made like a fake seafood one that had fake shrimp. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, what, what in do your... you use for fake shrimp? Um, That's a good I question. Put, it's like a little tofu that I put in molds and then I injected it with Old Bay and lemon. I had a little syringe and I just kind of shot them up. <laughs> Libby, I'm going to give you the same shit that I give my sister. Mm -hmm. uh, in your, in your uh, description, teachers to be better allies to the lgbtq plus students but then you go with chick-fil-a in your description if i make it myself if i make it myself and then i'm actually taking business away from chick-fil-a aren't i she literally said she made her own sauce mm -hmm. yeah. all right yeah all right wait, wait, wait. she did not support the company being an ally is becoming your own chick-fil-a so you're not going to Chick-fil-A and then getting chicken and no, then putting no, it on no, your no, pizza. No, 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 no. No, I'm making my own from scratch and everything. All right. All right. We're going to we're gonna shout out Popeyes next time. Uh, we're going to shout out Popeyes. I'm sure Popeyes has it. I'm sure every corporation sucks to some degree, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to, I think about my sister all the time because she shows up at family dinner where we have food like no no i'm eating this and she brings chick-fil-a and i'm like how bro how, how i had it once and i was like i can make that yeah what is wrong with chick-fil-a what is chicken oh my god you're not a human chicken. chicken what's wrong with chick-fil-a very chicken. very good chicken expensive fried fast food chicken so why so why why am i talking shit about chick-fil-a who knows? Uh, I like chicken. It's because they had a homophobic, not one, multiple homophobic incidents happen in their establishments. Yeah, uh, a homophobic and and racist to some degree. Uh, they're they're more known for their homophobia than racism. Well. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, so that's why uh, I just wanted to. If anybody says Chick Fil A on the podcast, I'm just gonna throw darts at Chick Fil A real mm -hmm. quick. So. I'm, I'm just through darts at Chick Fil A. I'm no out of. I'm out of darts. We don't sponsor. Are you looking for war? Yes. War. 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 Jordan, what's your question for Libby? Um, um, uh, right. So, 
Stop this. Stop this. Stop feeding Jordan when I need a question from him. Also, make sure you're not crumpling bags and papers during the podcast. Go ahead. So because of the description that I've been given, I heard that you played uh, Call of Duty Cold War. Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, I would like to ask mostly about your favorite genre. I asked this last time to the other people, but I always ask you. I'm really interested. So first-person shooters is on the table since she plays Cold War. Yeah, I would say either first-person shooters or I love any kind of, like, I love anything horror. Like, I was big on Outlast when Outlast came out. I'm not above FNAF at the end of the day. I don't think anyone should be. Um, I haven't played Quarry yet, but I'm really into like that concept. But it is first person shooters mostly. Like nine times out of ten, I'll go for Cold War or the new Halo multiplayer or something like that. We're gonna put you in the FNAF on Oculus Rift, so you can play the Oculus oh, Quest yeah. in virtual reality. That's a lot of fun. I, 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 honestly, when it comes to horror games, I, I love playing them all. They're not necessarily scary. But no, I think I just like the mechanics. Just, like Dead by Daylight is so. Dead by like, Daylight is my favorite one. Oh my god, yeah! Life. Like the fear mechanics of that are incredible. Just like here, like there. The so heartbeat. I don't know if Roberto, this is something you've played before. Yeah, absolutely. But this, yeah, I, I love the heartbeat. I love that it changes depending on what killer you have. My favorite when it comes to that it would be like Michael Myers, since he doesn't make a sound. Exactly. Am I missing out because I'm tribal and I don't want to be tribal? I hate tribalists, but I love Coke and I hate Pepsi. I love Xbox and I hate PlayStation and all that. I don't want to be a tribal but i am and i got into friday the 13th that multiplayer game and it was the same oh, model it's, it's, it's as dead by daylight it actually is basically the exact same like it's portrayed in the exact same way yeah however uh friday the 13th the game got shut down because of a whole lawsuit between, argument between yeah. the between jason Voorhees, which is why dead by daylight hasn't also added jason Voorhees as well you can still play it you can still play it but you could basically shut down for updating until that lawsuit is yeah it's really buggy so, so i'm missing out on dead by daylight oh you were totally yeah, missing yeah. out because it, update, it updates out. like every like three or four months but within that time there's always like many updates that had like new bug fixes and also a lot of different things i loved it by mm-hmm. daylight they just recently added i think her name was samara from the ring oh yeah yeah i think it might be from the ring i know what you mean I, yeah so i don't want to say her name wrong but regardless um it was such a fun thing playing the game like all the different killers from all the different franchises how scary they can be how mm-hmm. not scary they can be really? um or just how stupid other people play <laughs> It, having if, your friends play with you and then they act really stupid and you laugh at them for being dumb and I kill them. if you had time this weekend what three games would you like what are the three games that you might play this weekend oh that's a good question so i will always play cold war especially if there's 3v3 knife fight if there's 3v3 knife fight then i drop everything and i play cold war because i have me and my boys do that um so that i always play dead by daylight and honestly unpopular opinion i don't like the franchise killers as much as i like the dead by daylight like home lore killers like the hag and everything i actually think those backstories are really cool um and then honestly i've been wanting to play what's it called you guys know quarry or whatever came out the people who did until dawn oh quarry yeah 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 yeah. that looks so good i want to play that so bad and i haven't had time Oh, okay. Is that out yet? I thought that was still... Maybe it is. Maybe I, I saw it. I saw a trailer and it made it look like it was out. Maybe I'm not. What was those games? That franchise game, like the Dark Pictures animation, that like reminded me of Until Dawn. It was like, choose your own kind of story. Yeah, I love like, stuff Ma- like Man that. Of, Man of Medan. Uh, what was the other one that I loved playing? It was so fun. The one with like, the vampires. And Man of Medellin. Yeah, that, that looked... That, I got about a quarter was, of the like, way the through. There was like a one and there was like a broken strip. There was also another one that was like in uh, the war between America and Israel. Yeah. And oh, yeah. it was like, uh, basically, it was just basically the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So yeah. as the uh, Israeli soldiers and the American soldiers get trapped in this underground ruin 
and there are vampiric monsters that are almost alien that are killing everyone and they have to team up and even though the language barrier is different they have to know that this enemy is there the actors in these games are so great because in until dawn it was uh rami malek the guy from the uh, bohemian rhapsody yeah. mr robot um yeah, so this guy with the bugged out eyes and stuff like that and the mediocre acting, uh, and he got an Oscar for it. Um, th <laughs> that guy's like coming at me in this game and I'm like, no, Remy Malik, no! You get used to the characters and some characters you just want to keep alive and some characters you just want to kill them. Emily. So, so this, is, this is oddly tying into Katie Brown um, educational program because you guys have a twitch channel right we do yeah we have a twitch channel we stream not as much as i want to but we stream sometimes for sure um and usually it, it ranges from either we'll like have a question that we're talking about if there's some kind of awareness month or sometimes we'll just take like a lot of the kids from diamond will log on for that kind of thing and we'll take like student questions and things like that while we play mostly me and deshaun so you might be playing a video game and then students are like in the chat asking you about like relationship advice. Yeah. Well, relationship advice or depending on what we're talking about. I think one, we had um, a bunch of questions one time about um, like emotional violence specifically and talking about like essentially like mind games and stuff that people play and psychological warfare. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Uh, we, what's the channel name? Um, I think it's the underscore KBEP. So pretty easy to find. The underscore KBEP. Anybody listening should check that out. Also, we are Steambox RI. During pandemic, we started doing game nights and I started bringing like uh, fire tablets and stuff like that to the winners. So after we'd play like Jackbox games and stuff like that. So we're, we're having a lot of fun. But I, I really like what you guys did because I'm just trying to keep my kids busy in a time where everything sucked two years ago this month. You remember two years ago this month, everything sucked and you didn't know when you were going to see your friends again and all that stuff? I was like, I liked it. Say what? I'm the type of person that liked it two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Secretly, uh, I I was sad for everyone else, but as an introvert, I'm who just wants to stay home and play video games. I'm the kind of person who liked it too. It was a pretty cool time. But I know that so many of my students didn't, and that's why I was doing stuff like that just so that I can talk to them and coach them and try to stay happy during those times. But I like what you guys are doing because you guys are uh, answering a lot of questions about things that are really hurting people right now. Uh, and, and yeah, I want to continue. I hope, I hope you guys grow out with that stuff. And I kind of want to get back to that stuff soon too. Um, what's your question for Libby? Okay. This will, this question will be a, in the same category as the, your Chick-fil-A question. You said you played Cold War. Mm -hmm. That is and not Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> as I said, it has the same context as your Chick-fil-A you said you play Cold War. Mm -hmm. Activision is well known to now having some of their trouble with their female employees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is your opinion on that? Man, great question. That is a great question. I think in video games in general as an industry, um, I think the more women and the more folks who are not men necessarily who are playing video games, the better. And the more folks who are active on video games, the better. It's funny because I say I play Cold War and yet um, I don't go on headset if I'm playing Cold War, not unless I'm on an Xbox party chat. I don't go on like game chat at all because um, I feel like you would know. Um, like, that gets really nasty. That gets really violent. If they can tell that there's a girl in the chat, if they can tell that there's anyone even Seen remotely it. feminine presenting in the chat, um, the stuff that they'll tell you is horrific. Like they'll- make my sandwich. Yeah, it, like on a good day, go make my sandwich. Good day, <laughs> good day too. I'm like, hey, is, to me, me and my best friends, we always play Call of Duty before. <laughs> yes we do yeah, but but like when we get into a thing we always get into a party 
because we never want to hear the other people talk because either they're like a 10 year old that got their that got their dad to go out and play the game for a couple hours or they're like this uh 40 year old man who just uh who hasn't uh, gotten out of the era apparently of the confederacy so they just keep uh, saying the n-word to anyone even if they sound completely I, I hear it every day every day why are you hearing that you because that just made me a memory of mine because when i was playing call of duty i don't play game chat anymore either but there was this little Not kid, sad. both of what he was saying, and the old man was- A little kidding. redneck? A little, little no, baby? Little, no, it was a really- A baby and a He sounded like a young African-American kid. Uh, and then there was an adult who sounded really old, voice raspy, and he kept on calling, calling him the N-word too until the kid left. And so it just gave me a memory it, of- It just reminded me because every single time, like- the whole thing is like such a competitive game it's to some people that they like go like tooth and nail like, as if they were fighting like a whole bare fisted brawl. And it's so funny because me and my best friends were just playing the game naturally, just having fun, making some stupid jokes that makes each other laugh. And then when we go into an actual chat and hear them talking, um, it just gets us really annoyed. Desi, is he decent online? Him? Yeah. His friends are better. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, I don't mean at video games, I mean civil. They're all horrible. They're all horrible. Compared to me, because, you know, my friends were very nice for the most part. That's the thing. My friends, when we play video games, we're very nice. That's why I mostly play with girls, because they're very nice to each other. Guys are like, they take it to heart. They take it to heart when they lose. I'm like, it's not that deep. It's a video game. No, but your friends, I know your friends. They'll still talk to Why would you include me when you know that I don't get I'm in my 40s and I rage. I, I, I absolutely rage. It's not that deep, though. No, no, this, this guy, I played a game with him. Now he tells everyone not to play with me because I'll steal their kills. On yeah, he pisses me off with that. <laughs> so, I got a friend who... Because it pisses him yeah. off, I always do it. I play with people like that. I play with people like that. What were you going to add? No, I was going to say, so there's a game where I was about to die. Like, majority of the time, I have a character with life steal. So if I get a kill, I get healed. I'm about to die. This man steals my kill. I die instantly after, and I yell at him. Whenever I smite, it was smite. So when I play games with my friends and they don't either try or they just goof around too much, I get mad. That's it. But if it's a rando, I'm like, I just, I'm more lenient, which is surprisingly, it should be flip flop. I'm coming back to you in a second. And I want to get, uh, I definitely want to get back to Libby, but I heard uh, Desi um, snitch on Jordan a second oh. ago. What does Desi sound like when she's playing video games? Does he ever lose she's control? Me. She's me. <laughs> she's so mean. How so? What is, she bullies you. She bullies people? Yeah, bully she bullies you or other people? Both. Both. Hey, didn't I ask you about this well, I, bully you. I bully you especially. I don't wow. Know. You don't friends. I honestly, they like scream like children. Yeah. And they like cry about every little thing that happens to them. Yeah. And I'm just like over here like. I'm like the voice of reason. I'm just like not. I'm not. I'm not yelling at the game. I'm not getting mad. I just play games for fun. I don't see any game as a competitive game, even though like I've wasted like two almost two months of my life playing Elden Ring, and I still haven't gotten mad at the game. Uh, oh, he he just finished the game once, and he's just stopped. Um, I beat it five times, but so uh, like it's just I don't know when it comes to being mad. It, it's just not really something that worked. Libby's friend says I scream too much when I'm playing Rocket League. Uh, and you, you're throwing uh, you're throwing stones while you live in a glass house because your sister just snitched on you. Uh, what what is your question for Libby? You know exactly. Oh me? Yeah. Oh, yo, what's up? Uh, <laughs> hey, what's up? You said there's gonna be two questions, right? A go around, maybe. 
Yeah. All right, so I'll just start with the one. Uh, I was thinking ever since he mentioned horror games until dawn, and it got brought up in conversation. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about like choice choice games where if you make a decision and uh, it impacts later? Like, how do you feel about those times uh, until dawn? And did you play the Walking Dead uh, game? I love the Walking Dead game. I like the whole Walking Dead franchise. I love any games where I have to just sit with the consequences of my actions and suffer. <laughs> Like I watch and I am very specific about it. I'll only play through games like that once. I only played through Until Dawn once. I watched gameplay. Like I watched a ton of like YouTubers and streamers and stuff do it. Um, and to see like other outcomes. But I want to feel like my outcome is like permanent when I do it. Um, because it just feels more intense that way. I feel like it loses all of the like like you know, when someone you really care about dies or you really mess something up, I feel like it loses all its intensity if you just go right back and change it again from your last save. So I feel like I'll only do it once, but I love them. The best Walking Dead game is on Oculus uh, because I, I love the I, I love the Telltale games where it's it's a story. Uh, what was the name of the girl? Clementine. Clementine is you can't say anything bad about Clementine. I will fight you. Clementine, right? They built a character that you feel like that you feel like a big brother to, and you want to protect. You know what I mean? And and yeah, it was such a really good story. Uh, I can't wait to tell you offline about having pizza with the creator of The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman, and him wanting to sell me a comic book. And I'm like, no, 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 your comic book suck, but I like you, dude. Uh, <laughs> this was before The Walking Dead. Um, but but I want to get back to uh, I want to get back to a question that somebody asked you earlier about video games, because I feel like maybe it does tie in. If you are, um, if you're talking about relationship positivity, I know sex positivity, I know we talk about uh, abuse, I know we talk about awareness in so many different ways, you're teaching people to be better allies. Um, what kind of things, A, have you experienced when you are playing these video games, uh, just so the world knows um, what it's like when somebody hears a voice with less bass in it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, part B is, what kind of advice do you have for the young people here as we are playing video games? Is there something, some kind of guideline, some kind of rule that we should follow? Oh, that's a good question. I don't even know how much, as far as like content regulation, I don't know how much I could even say about stuff I've experienced on voice chat for things like Xbox games. Um, it's very intense. Like I will get to be, I don't know, like what we can talk about as far as like sexual violence. You can talk. I get a lot of rape threats, to be honest. Like that comes up a lot. I mean, it looks like some people know what I'm talking about, but yeah, it's a lot of that. Um, it gets really ugly, really fast. It's a lot of people who will like harass you and message you afterwards on your own account and you have to block them afterwards. And it's really tedious. And to be honest, what I ended up doing with mild success is I have a different voice. If I'm on game chat, like I will, like exactly like you said, like I will lower it a few registers and kind of trying to be like, yo, what's up? like and it's not the most convincing thing in the world but it's enough that sometimes i'll fly under the radar but if i forget even for a second if i drop that like i do i get awful stuff in my inbox i get people like threatening me and, and there are sometimes where you can just laugh it off and think wow that person's really small to be you know that upset they need to go touch some grass whatever but sometimes <laughs> yeah but then sometimes you know especially if you had a really horrible day already or if you had an experience in real life that day and it's wearing on you like there are times where that makes me not want to play it and it gets a little bit rough I think and I think a lot of girls and a lot of folks that I know who game feel that way um I think some of the best things because I have um I have a call of duty plan with four guys that I went to college with and some of the best things they've ever done um is basically just bystander intervention like they'll speak up and say something they'll make it clear that um whatever this guy is saying is ridiculous um, and just like having that culture, because I think unfortunately, and I would love to say that it does, but my voice matters less in some circles. 
Um, like if I'm in a game, if I'm in a lobby with a bunch of guys, um, if I say, oh, that's really stupid what you just said, nobody really cares about that. That kind of makes it worse. It's feeding it. But if all of the guys in the lobby are like, hey man, knock it off, a lot of them will actually kind of step back. So um, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And also I like that you were saying that you play with a lot of girls sometimes, because I think one thing I've been seeing a lot of um, is like all girl discord servers for if you want to like get into a lobby with a bunch of other girls, you know, you won't like face that harassment. Um, and I think those spaces are really, really cool. I hate that that has to exist. I hate when people prove um, my, my girlfriend says a lot of times that like there's that men hate women. Uh, sometimes. And I think that's what they've experienced. And like, as a man, I'm like, I don't hate, we don't hate women. But then I hate when other men are proving that stereotype to be true often enough where somebody can say that with validity. Um, I want to take that uh, quote back because I might have misquoted and I don't want to get that quote wrong. But I'm saying the idea of that anyway is like, is is really tough. Um how we talked earlier, somebody said that uh, it was more serious for men than it is for women. Was that you that said that or somebody else? Video games? That video games? That oh, yeah. Was that you? So, um, so, so are you concerned about your KD? I'm very concerned about my KD and I don't want to misrepresent. Who knows what a KD um, is for our audience, by the way? Kill to death ratio. Kill to death ratio. Currently is at a 1.03, which is okay. not great, but I could be. I could no, be it's better. competent. That's all you yeah. need. It's still, it's still much if, if it's positive, it's, that's plus. I'm going to take it as a, a win. But um, <laughs> this is going to turn into all of us just comparing our KDs. But um, I'm not above raging. I'm not above being really competitive. I trash talk my guy friends all the time. And I think that there's totally a way to do that respectfully that doesn't cross lines. I think um, we talk a lot at Katie Brown about how something becomes violence if you're creating genuine hurt or fear and that gives you any kind of power over somebody else. Um, and there's obviously loads of times that we're trash talking our friends that are not causing like any kind of fear. Like I bet loads of you guys could play with each other and be trash talking each other. And it would never make any of you scared. It would never like genuinely hurt any of you. Um, so I think really, as far as what we can do on Xbox, it's just really thinking if this is someone I don't know, is this going to scare them? Like, do I want to be the kind of person who scares people online? That's good advice to take a moment to think about that. It's hard to think about that when somebody does spawn camp you or, or something else, right? Like, or camp of any kind. Um, that's really good. What was the last, uh, what was the last, and I don't want to, I know your reputation's online. Uh, <laughs> what was the last time? You were like, oh, I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. We we all had those moments, right? We're playing video games. We're like, damn, I, I went too far. No. No That's mercy. No mercy. There is no mercy in this dojo. You killed me. No mercy. If I say something really messed up, I mean it. <laughs> I guess this is going to function as a public apology to my friend Ian, but he had had like a hard day and I didn't care, I guess, that day. Like I was not prioritizing it the way that I should because he we were talking online and he's like, yeah, like my students were really rough today. It was really hard. Like I feel like I'm not good at my job. And then I just, it was like I completely forgot he was a person and we got so heated because we were playing... I don't even know. I think we were just playing like some kind of free for all or something. No, it oh, was guys. um, it, what what's the one with the crossbows? Six and, six and stones. I love six and stones. We we're playing six and stones. Um, and he, I tomahawked him like right when he had finally pulled my the favorite. head. Um, which was a beautiful moment for me certainly. But I just really like was not paying attention to the fact that he hadn't responded to me for five minutes, and I was like, yeah, you 
like that? How does that feel? And I was just going so far. And eventually I was like, he's not having fun anymore at all. Like he's so demoralized. He had a horrible day. He just wanted to have fun and I'm making it like really personal. And like, I like just kept pushing and I thought back about it the next day and I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I don't know what was wrong with me. I forgot you were a person, I guess. It's easy to do, I guess, if you're playing video games. I'm getting to Mimi's question next. Um, but playing, playing Rocket League, uh, what, you ever play video games when you have a bad day and you want to vent while you're playing video games? Mm-hmm. It, it's different when I'm having a bad day. When I'm ha- having a bad day, I'm less interested in scoring and I'm more interested in just blowing up the other guy's cars. Um, ruining their days, yes. Mm-hmm. I feel that, especially I, in uh, Two months ago, two, three, three months ago, my grandma died. It was rough. It was really, really rough. She's the only person that I've ever cared about that died, right? Like I know people who died. I know a lot of people, some of my mentors died during COVID. Uh, but my grandmother died. Like, I know some of y'all can think about that person, right? Like grandmother, whatever. Uh, I maybe bottle stuff up sometimes. I don't know if some, if you guys talk to people or I'm the kind of person who probably doesn't. So I didn't tell my close friends and I'm playing video games with my closest friends and just playing Rocket League with my closest friends and just having them to talk to and play with all day was kind of therapeutic for me. You know what I mean? And I told him about a week later when I, cause I couldn't talk about it, but a week later when I could talk about it without like breaking down and shit, I was like, dude, you got me through, you got me through some hard times last week. And I just want to say, thank you. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so gaming can be really horrible, uh, but it can also be therapeutic. And I think that's the same thing because it is a relationship to some degree, right? It's our relationships with strangers. It's our relationships with our friends. Uh, so yeah, it goes both ways. Sometimes there's a lot of hate, but sometimes there's a lot of love and healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mimi, speaking of love, what's your question? How do you show love to others? How do you oh, show love to I others? Love oh, Mimi. Yeah. <laughs> that. I love that. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I, think, I think I, it depends so much on the person because something I really love in all my relationships, whether it's like my relationship with my partner or like with my friends or my family is like, I really like doing things that are very, very specific to them. And I think the older I get, the more I realize how different everybody needs to receive love. Like some people really want to hear it and some people hearing it doesn't mean anything. Um, and some people really want you to kind of like step in and help out and do things for them and fix things. And some people hate when you fix things because they just want to like be heard and they just want to vent and they just want to talk and like not have you fix the problem. Um, I think one thing I really like to do with a lot of people in my life is I really like to find ways to make their lives easier, I guess would be a big one. Like for me, I think expressing love a lot of the time looks like um, you know, like, Hey, I picked you up lunch because I know that you won't have time to do that today. Um, or I, I just organized my friend's Google drive for him the other day. Cause I was like, I know this has been making you crazy. And I feel like this is something that's really easy for me to do. I like stuff like that. But I think one thing that I'm trying to get better at is realizing that what I would want in a situation is definitely not always what everyone else in the world will want and trying to like meet them where they're at and figure out like, Hey, like not to be cheesy about it, but like, what's your love language? Like, what do you want as far as people showing you that they care about you one of my students at highlander was talking about uh love languages and that would be acts of service right mm-hmm. is that yeah. I mean, slash gifts right is that yeah and i think it, it's funny what is an act of service versus a gift because i think for some people if you cook them dinner that's an act of service and for some people if you cook them dinner it reads as like a gift yeah is that your love language for 
giving yes for receiving definitely no because and that's another reason that I can understand that people like different things because for me I think that if you do something for me in my brain I just go why did you think I couldn't do that like why wouldn't you just let me do it myself um and I need to like understand that sometimes people are doing it because they care but sometimes I end up interpreting it like if someone does something like I don't know like folds my clothes for me or something I'm like why do you think I can't fold clothes does anyone know what the love languages are uh it was students who taught me quality time good oh he's got it you're not the person I would have guessed. You're, you're surprising me in a really great way right now. I'm super proud of you right now. WrestleMania <laughs> guy just doesn't know love languages, right? I only talked about wrestling one time. Not the WrestleMania. And he knew all the facts too. He was talking about setting his friends up with video game girls earlier. Not where I expected this to come. I put that in a friendly way for you. So uh acts of service, uh touch. Quality time. Quality uh, time. Communication. Gifts. Communicate. Uh, no, I don't think that's I don't think that's I mean, one. communication could be one. Yeah. It's I think it's called words of affirmation, but I think yeah. it can be like read as communication. Which yeah. is the same thing. Totally. I, I only remember four or five. What's what's your what's your uh Probably quality time? Quality spending time with someone or talking. Me too. Me too. We have everything in common. Me and you. <laughs> There's <is> mini <laughs> me over there. We're doing DNA <laughs> tests <laughs> later. <laughs> Uh, what is your question for Libby? Oh, uh, what's your favorite experience like helping someone for a relationship or achieving Good question. Oh man, that's a really good. So I guess this is kind of an intense answer, but I had a class once um, in high school where it was, there were two students that were talking a lot in this class and one of them was in a violent relationship, which we get all the time. Like they're they, like statistically, it's like one in three of you are gonna know somebody who's in a deeply violent relationship before you turn 18, um, at least according to the CDC. So it's, you know, like it's very common, but we do like, there was one girl who was in a violent relationship and kind of trying to decide whether she wanted to leave that person. And there was a guy in that class that, to be honest, was kind of starting to realize that maybe he was being violent to his partner, which was a really intense thing to see because wow. it's hard to talk to people like that because you want to kind of like, like, he's not going to listen to me if I'm like, you're a bad person. What you're doing is horrible. Like that's going to make anybody shut down. Right. And at the end of the day, we've all kind of been a little violent to each other. Like we've all done something to hurt someone because we wanted to control something they were doing that we didn't like. So it was really interesting to kind of try to like meet him where he was at. Um, and just be like, you know, like, hey, let's talk about why we're doing this. Like, let's think about the impact of this in a way that didn't look like I was judging him or trying to seem like I was better than him, but also wasn't taking away from the fact that he'd really hurt this other person. You get people to own stuff during the during your your sessions sometimes if i'm lucky yeah um i try to because sometimes it helps if you own your own stuff too because i don't want like i don't think anyone's going to tell me you know stuff they're doing in a relationship that isn't great if they think that i'm perfect and i'm just sitting there judging them for not being perfect um but sometimes if you own some of your stuff by example other people will be more in that space with you and they're more willing to say yeah you know what i do do this and it's not really like fair to the person that i'm with yeah wow um like I'm trying to, as an educator, I'm trying to absorb that. And I, I think that's important. Those are those great moments as educators too. Uh, what's your question for living? Um, <clears throat> so depending on how you answer this question is how I'll lead into it. Do you use TikTok? Yeah, I do. Okay, I've been keeping up, not keeping up, but like with most of the things, like you know some of the trends though, right? I like to think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, we might be on different sides of TikTok though. A couple I months ago. This guy. Is Libby going to go and break our like, bathroom Wait, sink is that like where we're going oh wars i love wars. history the guy nah. who does like the I'm, I'm gonna make myself sound so old in a second i'm gonna stop <laughs> on my head go ahead with your question 
uh, but like a couple months ago, there was a sound on TikTok. It was called "Meant to Be Yours." I don't know if you know it. Somebody, but... somebody, do the sound for me. I bet I would know. Desi. No. What? No. Just sing it out. Which one? Don't be shy. Sing it out. Meant to be yours. Yeah. The last part. I was meant to be yours. Oh, from Heather's. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that one. Oh man, that's all you had. Why did you just say? You should have just looked at her and said, Heathers. Most of the time I've said Heathers, people just look at me. Like, oh, I never heard that. Your question should have just been Heathers. Heathers? Heathers? I don't know. Heathers. Heathers. I don't know. I don't know the context. That's true. Yeah, the sound was more popular, but a lot of people haven't seen the show. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love the show. All right. Listen, go ahead. I know you just asked your question technically, but take uh, take 30 to 90 seconds and just have a Heathers fest. Go ahead. Oh, no, I had something to leave into that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Go. So. So, uh, you know, JD, how would you say that with like, would you say it's like an accurate representation of abusive relationships? JD, oh, that's interesting. Can you give us, can you also give us context for people, oh, not yeah. me, because obviously I'm cultured, but, but, other people but uncultured swine at home who haven't seen Heathers. Yeah, so Heathers is um, based on the movie that I think came out in the late 80s, early 90s, um, and is essentially the story of this girl who kind of gets taken in by a bunch of more popular girls. And while that's happening, um, she kind of meets this kid who's newer in school, um, who's really, really troubled. Um, and she's getting humiliated by these popular kids. And so he kind of spins this as like a, we can get revenge on them sort of thing. And she buys into it at first, but then eventually just, it goes like really out of hand and she's trying to kind of extricate herself from that. Um, and it's really, really difficult because JD is really toxic and really just kind of trying to keep them together as much as possible. Um, I think JD, the thing that is really great about the way they did that character that I think I see so much um, is all the self-threats and all the victim stancing. So I think that um, when people are violent in a relationship, something that we don't talk about a lot is that they're not going to read as violent to you because they're going to make themselves look like a victim. Like they're going to be really intentional about telling you like, oh, you know, yeah, I do this bad stuff sometimes, but it's because um, my dad hit me when I was a kid. It's because I was cheated on before and it really messed me up. It's because I'm really depressed. And those things can be true. And sometimes they cannot be true. Um, but either way, they don't excuse if you hurt another person, right? So I think that it's a really good example of, you know, like how he'll constantly be like, oh, you know, my relationship with my dad is so bad and my mom died when I was a kid and everything. So she starts seeing him as a victim. She starts feeling sorry for him. She starts feeling like she has all these lyrics about like wanting to protect him. Um, and so because of that, like he gets away with more because he's essentially able to be like, yeah, but it's okay that I did this because I'm hurting and you need to be thinking of me not as like a threat to you, but as somebody that you need to take care of. And people do that so much. Our love is God. That one. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Where you're just like, the psychology see, behind that. He's like, uh, uh, <laughs> He's having a moment because I'm the only one who would be transported back to I don't We're going to come back to the Heather's Love Fest yeah. in just a minute. Uh, what's your question for Libby? What's your question for Libby? Um, so you mentioned being an ally and helping allies. Ally. Ally. Stop. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Try. <laughs> How have you been um, contributing to the LGBT community? Um, so I think it's sometimes the most important to remember to contribute to the LGBTQ plus community when you're a part of it. Because I think that like, because I am a part of it, I think that there have been times in my life where I felt like, oh, because I get some of it, like 
I don't have to worry about ways that I'm becoming a better ally. Um, but that's like not necessarily true because I might be bi and I might be non-binary, but that doesn't mean that I understand everybody else's experience. And it doesn't mean that I'm supporting other people as best I could. Um, and I think that that's something I really learned even more when we started to talk about it in schools. And I started to talk to teachers about it um, and realized that you know, because I'm not, for example, transitioning in any way, like I'm not taking any kind of HRT or hormone therapy. Like I um, am someone that, you know, like I'm generally speaking, I'm cis, I'm cisgender. So because of that, there are teachers who are more willing to take certain kinds of advice from me than they will people in the trans community. So sometimes they'll be shut down hearing their trans students talk about things that they need. And they'll say like, oh, I don't understand what's up with this pronoun stuff. I don't know why it's important. I don't know why I need to care what bathrooms my students can use. Um, and sometimes because I can occupy those spaces and like not have it ruin my day, because that doesn't bring anything up for me, right? Like I might be in the queer community, but that, those issues specifically don't bring anything up from my personal life. So sometimes I'll have the energy to sit and have a really long conversation with someone who's saying really hateful things um, and meet them where they're at and be able to help them get to a conclusion of, I need to help my students. Um, and it wouldn't really be fair sometimes to ask um, like trans folks to have those conversations if they don't want to, right? Because that can be really draining. Do you, do you lose your patience at all with, uh, with teachers, particularly like adults, when you're training adults? Not usually. There have been a couple cases that maybe I have. Oh, you, I don't trust it because you do. Like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, what happens when I get out of the session. I'm like, oh God, and I go like rant to my partner, rant to my friends about it. Um, Cause there are, there are times that I'll hear teachers say just really like what I have, to, what I'm trying to remember all the time is that it comes from a place of ignorance. A lot of the time they haven't had the education to understand um, like trans issues or gay rights issues or anything like that. Um, and so sometimes it does take a lot of patience. I think mostly I tend to think about it like very strategically and be thinking about it like, okay, how can I make them understand this? How is their brain working? What's a way that I can talk to them about this that's going to be on their level? Um, but it's hard because sometimes these are kids I know. Like sometimes these are students I've had in class who are being either misgendered or um, they're being like bullied for being with their partners or whatever else it might be. Um, and it's hard to be talking to a teacher who's supposed to be helping them who isn't giving them that respect and isn't, you know, prioritizing them as a student the way that they should. I have all the patience in the world for young people because I feel like that's my job to help educate them. Mm -hmm. So if they come even with the highest level of ignorance, right? Even with some, even, like, like y'all are really smart, but every now and then somebody will say some dumb shit, right? Like that's <laughs> one of those things. Uh, oh man, his favorite, how, how? <laughs> How you survived? You're about to get kicked out. Why? <laughs> but then, but then, but the thing is, right? Like those are learning opportunities. That's it's. I feel like it's my job to help in those moments. That's what I'm here for. I don't have that for adults, and I know that's part of your clientele. I know that's part of who you're supposed to teach. But like when adults say some dumb, when adults call a kid an n-word, when adults uh, say to students, "You should only be speaking English here," it's really hard for me to not fist fight them. Uh, and <laughs> So yeah, I could just I could just imagine some of the things like if I was talking yeah. about some of these topics, I I already know what I would hear back. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I think the way that I keep trying to think about it is I like as far as the anger, I think maybe this is kind of a hot take. I think that anger can be appropriative. I think that there are times when I see people being like, I won't even talk to my homophobic friends anymore. Like straight people saying that, like I will ban them on Facebook or whatever. And sometimes I look at that and I'm like, I don't want you to do that. 
Like, I want you to have that conversation with them so I don't have to. Like, I want you to use your privilege and the fact that they're going to listen to you because you're straight. And I want you to talk to them about it. And so what I try to remember, especially with issues that don't concern me, are as far as being so angry that I want to, like, punch someone out or something, um, whoever the student is that's being affected, that's their anger. They get to be that angry. Maybe I don't have the space to be that angry because I'm putting myself in a position where I'm supposed to, I guess, kind of protect them, like, intellectually. This reminds me of the of the article that Angela sent us. Um, but I wanna get to Desi's question first before I follow up on that. Desi, what's your question for Libby? Uh, yeah, <laughs> My most prepared student just uh, had the Darren headlights moment. No, it's because I had like these questions prepared and then I'm like, questions. No, it's not even that. It's like, when you talk about LGBTQ, it's like, it's interesting because I came out during quarantine Oh, and that for me was terrifying. Yeah. Because before it was more of a thing that I would drop hints to my mom here and there, mm -hmm. but I never felt like I could do it because I come from a very Christian household. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I still do, but it's like after I came out, my mom, she was okay with it because she loves me. She's very understanding. Okay. But I haven't even told my dad. Like my grandmother, she, my mom told my grandmother, she didn't speak to me for like a month or two wow. after. My family still to this day, like my, maybe not my mom, but like, my aunt she'll have like side comments here and there about it and then and now it's like kind of double thing because I just said I just came out as you know not caring about pronouns because mm -hmm. it's like you can call me she you can call me he you can call me they to me it doesn't really matter because I'm comfortable with who I am totally and to my family that's an obscure concept because mm -hmm. I even had my my cousin come up to me being like so you don't care if I call you a he and I'm like no okay he and I'm like how did you think that was gonna hurt me and it was just it's a concept they can't get through their head mm -hmm. because especially for me who was always growing up very girly very like you know I did sports but for the most part I was very girly growing up all of a sudden for them to be like you're like girls like even then my mom I love my mom she does but she makes side comments here and there too about like I don't yeah. understand why you like girls it's like and it's just like it's not something I control it's they're really they're soft I don't know. It's like, it's not they something are. I really control, especially with the experience I've had with men. It's like, sometimes girls just make me feel more safe, more comfortable. Yeah, totally. So I wanted to know, like, what was your thought process on that? Especially because I know, like, for people, for them, especially when they get to know me, that's something like, I didn't know you were by. I, and it suddenly changes their perspective of me as a person. Desi, thank you for sharing. Yeah, right. thank you. That's really, well, honestly, <laughs> I can relate to a lot of that. Um, yeah, I think it's funny how different it is to explain sexuality to people versus to explain things like a gender expression to people. Um, and I'm really glad that your mom is, mo it sounds like mostly cool. Um, I think it comes with a lot of time. And I think that one of the things that I think is the most frustrating is like, it's kind of whatever patience you are willing to put into it. And I think if you feel like putting a lot of patience into it, that's super valid. And I feel like if you feel like putting no patience into it, cause you need to take care of yourself, that's super valid. So like, if you're with someone and they don't get it and they're only making comments to you, like, I don't get, how can you let girls, I don't get like why you, you let me call you a he or something like that. Um, and you just can't that day. Like you feel like it's so draining and you just like know that that's going to take from you. It's, I feel like it's so okay to walk away from that. Be like, no, nope, I don't need to have that conversation. I'm going to leave that for someone else. Um, and then sometimes like if you do have the energy to have those conversations, people can surprise you. Cause I know my mom was not always cool with me for sure at all. Like that was a big, when she met my first girlfriend, that was a big adjustment and it was a lot of conversations. Um, 
but I am glad that I had those conversations with her because I think that she was somebody who ultimately was able to grow to an understanding. And even now with my gender identity, um, the more that we talk about it and the more that I kind of explain things from my perspective and help her break down some of these things that she assumes because she has kind of this more normative experience, um, the closer we've been able to get. That's not possible for everybody. That's not safe for everybody. No, but. I yeah, that's the thing, because my mom, like I said, I grew up in a Christian household, so mm. my mom was very narrow-minded, like, no, this is how yeah. it is, you like boys, that's it, you're a girl, and then the reason I say I dropped hints here and there before I came out was because I remember, like, when things started coming out, I was, as more, like, gay content came out, more, like, LGBTQ mm-hmm. content came out, I started, like, and itching her towards it, like, you know, it's not that bad, I can see why they would, you know, I can see why, and yeah. it was trying to, like, getting her to the idea of being comfortable with the topic, baby oh, no. steps, yeah, baby steps, <laughs> But that was a year. That was like a process because oh, I yeah. knew from middle school I was like, "That girl's hot." You know, this is um, this is not normal, and that's where I was like, "This is a bit," you know, because I knew straight away. Come on, mm-hmm. I knew straight away, but it was like I had to inch my mom towards that. But I feel like my mom, she was, I would say, homophobic. But I was like, but if I can get hurt to that level, I feel like I can do that with at least some of my family because I know they love me. Were your bratty sisters supportive? Uh, she never really cared, actually. Why is that even a even, question? It's not even that she cared. <laughs> it's not even that she cared. It just wasn't a place of judgment for her. It was kind of like, I know at least for her, it was like, I'm not going to judge, you know? It's, like, it's not my life. So, so her answer was, uh, she just, for people who didn't hear, Mimi just said, of course I was, right? But you said she didn't even care. And that brings me to the article that, uh, that Angela uh, sent us today, where uh, it's on What's Up Noop, uh, Noop, N-E-W-P, short for Newport. Um, and I'm not sure if it's on uh, KBEP. KBEP is the Katie Brown Educational <laughs> Program. Is that like kbep.org? Mm-hmm. K-B-E-P.org. Uh, so you can go there to find uh, Libby's, uh, Libby's articles uh, and a little bit more about Libby's work. Um, but Libby, that article was specifically about um, when people... When, when you identify yourself and then people say, I don't care, mm-hmm. uh, why does that strike a chord with you when people say, I don't, I don't care about, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, like what I'd be saying, right, is a very liberal, I'm progressive, I'm your ally. So right, I'm like, yeah. it doesn't matter to me if, it doesn't matter to me if you're gay, straight, anything, uh, and then I back off. Uh, why is that a bad thing? So I think, and I'm sure it's not for everybody because I think, you know, queer people are not a monolith. And so I'm sure everybody has different things they prefer. But for me, um, I think it sometimes reads ranging from either like outright shut up, don't talk about yourself anymore um, to somebody kind of saying, I think you're an alien. Because I think that sometimes if people go out of their way to say that, it makes me think about how odd it would be to say that to a straight person. Like if I were to go up to someone and say, I don't even care that you're straight. Oh my God, don't even worry. I have so many straight friends. Like we're good. Um, I would like, nobody ever hears that. Right. Um, That's a really good reflection. Yeah. And I think that um, the fact that someone's going so out of their way to say, oh, I know you might think I care because I know so many people hate you for this, but I don't. I think it's okay. Like you can do that if you want to. Yeah. Um, And I think that's another funny one too. Like you can be gay if you want. You can be bi if you want. Like I need somebody's permission. Thank you. Thanks. I can (laughs) carry on now. Thank God. I'll call my girlfriend and tell her that we're not over. Um, 
So it's kind of funny to see things like that. And I think that sometimes it's also used as a please be quiet because I've also heard, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't care. You can do whatever. Um, when I'm saying something like, um, you know, the last time I had a girlfriend, when I was saying like, oh yeah, my girlfriend and I might move in together or something. I got a lot of, oh yeah, you know, you guys can do whatever you want. Um, and then changing the topic. And it was me really understanding, oh, people are uncomfortable hearing about this. And these were people who were just talking about their own partners, but people are uncomfortable hearing about it. And now that I'm dating a guy, I think it's really interesting to see the difference because these people who wanted no information about my life are so interested now. They want all these details and they want to know, you know, like, how are you guys doing? Oh, I saw your picture. It's so cute. Even the people who like my pictures now, it's different. It's very interesting. You're more in people's norms and comfort zones now with this relationship because they can relate. Yeah, that's Absolutely. it's unfortunate. And anybody who's marginalized in any way, it's unfortunate that they have to like cross that margin to just be accepted in a in a normal way. Um, we're running out of time, but we I, I did promise two rounds. So for people who do have a second question, I'm going to start with Jordan. I know you had one. Uh, do you have a second question, Jordan? We're going quickly. Go ahead. For me, uh, uh, so this is how you find out me and my brother are opposites because he asked what's the best case of relationship advice you got. My first question that I had prepared was what's the worst? The worst piece of relationship advice I've ever gotten? Uh, no, uh, that you ever had to give. Oh, that I ever had to give. Oh, wow. Stay in this uh, like, what's the worst relationship that you had to deal with? Oh, the worst, rela- like in class or like in my yeah. own life? Uh, any. Just any that okay. you've observed or seen from the, or even been in. Yeah. So I think in class I was observing, um, it's hard because I think that one thing that happens a lot, especially in high school is that because a lot of the stuff that people put out for you guys about relationship violence is only, it's very heteronormative. First of all, it's always straight couples and it's always women being abused by men. Um, and I think that it helps people. So I guess I'll answer both parts of that question. Um, it makes people forget that women can be abusive too all the time. Um, and I've seen so many times where there are, um, like female students in class who have partners who they're just constantly, um, like terrifying and they're guilt tripping them and they're manipulating them and they're doing awful stuff to them. And actually I had a relationship once, um, where I think it was, it was my first long-term relationship with a girl. Um, and because I had just come out and I think this is something people don't always talk about. Um, she was always explaining to me, well, you have to be okay with this because you just haven't been gay long enough, but in queer relationships, this is what we do. Um, you, you're, you're just bi, so you don't get it, but I'm a lesbian and I'm telling you that this is how we do it. And sometimes it was used to, and I see that a lot with people who just come out, like there are times where people will use if they've been out longer to kind of manipulate someone else, almost the way that in really any relationship you can use age sometimes to manipulate someone. Um, so I think I see that a lot and I've also experienced that a lot. Like a gay elder. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> there's a term that some people use called having a gay spirit guide, which is when, um, when you first come out, um, a lot of the time you end up kind of meeting somebody who's like a little bit older who's been out longer than you who's kind of like showing you around and showing you like hey this is the restaurant we all go to and things like that especially in a smaller area like Rhode Island and I think that that happens a lot I think that there's you know sometimes people who abuse that power has anybody else here been given relationship advice that they did not like oh yeah there was this one friend uh in middle school she had she had argued with me because I was straight she wanted me to be bi Remember that? Mm. That's crazy. He's like, so if a girl, if you like a girl, then she breaks her heart and there's a really nice dude. Why don't you go to the dude? I'm like, I'll go to the next girl. And then she got mad at me for saying that. Yeah, that's not how my hormones work, right? Like, exactly. interesting. Are you the one like, guy in the world who's experienced straight phobia? Did we find you? Like, what? 
What in the world? It, was like, it just came out of nowhere. It just happened one day at lunch. She just asked it. I'm like, why are you not? She's like, why are you not dying? I'm like, huh? Huh? No, hello? Your answer really resonated with me because, uh, Libby, because, um, like, I for so many years as a dad uh, and in a toxic relationship, uh, for so many years, people would say, uh, why don't you just, why don't you just uh, move out and split up? And I'm like, because then I can't be a full-time dad anymore. And then people are like, yeah, but he'll be happier because you're happier. And I'm like, I don't think you know how, like, it works for me as a dad. (laughs) Like, I want to be there every day for my kid. And it, but it was a real, it was a real challenge to kind of hang in there in a toxic relationship because one of the things that, um, that people were doing in a training and it was an organization not entirely unlike yours. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was a parallel organization in, in Rhode Island. You might know the one. Um, and they were doing a training uh, for my organization at the time, uh, an educational organization, but also police. And they were saying, and this is what we have to tell the police, like if there is a domestic disturbance call, if you get called into a domestic disturbance and it's a problem between a man and a woman, well, you have to arrest the man and take the man out. Now, I understand... I understand some of the logic, right? Like I, I, I get it. And oftentimes I understand uh, about how much is reported by men too. Like I understand that men don't report as much, but, but oftentimes, oftentimes it is the men in a, in a physical element of power and a structural patriarchy element of power over the women who are abusing that power. Like I get that, but if we are automatically sending the police in to just take out the man and arrest the man, like no questions asked in situations like that. I'm like, yo, you talking about me? <laughs> because I can see, uh, I can see an argument leading to a police call. Never, I could never see putting my hands on somebody in a threatening way in, in, in the household and like that. But I could see, I could see that being manipulated against me. Uh, so that kind of thing horrified me. So I think about those kind of things. And I felt like that was part of the toxicity and I just felt trapped for so many years. I don't know if I have a question for that. I'm just like, damn, these are the kind of situations that suck. But if men find themselves in a situation where they might be, and I, I love, uh, and I, I love the, the organization's called Katie Brown. Uh, and you can, I, I'd love for you to touch on Katie Brown and who she was in a mm-hmm. moment. Uh, and I'm using the word was obviously probably implies a lot, mm-hmm. but for men who are, uh, for men who are in this kind of situation, in a community like Central Falls, which is predominantly Latino, and in my Latino family, not all Latino families, but in my Latino family, there was definitely a lot of toxic masculinity where you can't call the police. You can't even say that you're in a toxic situation because as a man, you're supposed to control it, be able to take take uh, control of, of everything. Uh, what do you have to say to a, a man in uh, who, who's born from toxic masculinity, but then finding themselves in a situation like this. And then I want to kick it right back to the women, because again, the organization is named after Katie Brown for a reason. Yeah, I think what I would say is that it is never going to matter any less um, just because the person it's happening to is a guy. Like it's never going to matter any less. It's never going to be less important. And we're very conditioned to think that that's not true because when we see um guys slap their girlfriends on tv it's in a soap opera it's dramatic and he's a villain immediately and we know that um but when we see um girls slap their boyfriends or women slap their husbands on tv it's usually in a sitcom and there's usually a laugh track so there's a lot of conditioning that goes into us thinking that violence against men doesn't matter 
Um, but I think in general, if you're being like hurt and scared in a way that's making you feel like you're walking on eggshells or giving someone else, like letting, having someone else take control over you, um, that's violence no matter what. It's always going to be, it's always going to matter. Um, and there are, even though the resources aren't exactly skewed fairly to men necessarily in that case, there are resources and there are people who are very interested in helping you in that situation. Um, and I think that it's just a reminder that that is a system that hurts everybody. Because when we have a system where men are expected to control everything, not only are they going to use that to hurt women, but um, women are going to use that to hurt men too. Women are going to manipulate that understanding um, to hurt men and have other people say, well, it doesn't matter. You're a man. You could walk away if you wanted to. I bet you know stats and data and all of that stuff. And forgive me for sharing my woe is me, but I'm looking at a room that has, it's unusual for Steambox. Steambox is usually more girls than boys, but I'm looking at a room that has more boys than girls, uh, a lot of Latinos. And I could see myself in some of these students specifically. And I've said that to them, um, more than one of you in this room. Uh, so I, I wanted to touch on that really quickly because that is kind of a problem in my community, I think. But I also know the fact is uh, that the boys in this room uh, are far less likely to be physically injured or killed uh, in a DV situation, right? Is that about mm -hmm. right with statistics? Less true. likely. Yeah. So um, so who is Katie Brown and how did this organization start? Why is it named after Katie Brown? Yeah, so Katie Brown um, was someone who actually grew up in my hometown. Um, and in 2001, she was murdered by her boyfriend. Um, so she was in a very violent relationship with him. Um, and it had been over a long period of time. It had been even long distance because she was going to school in Maine while he was at URI. Um, and she actually realized like, I can't be with this person anymore. And she went to his house to break up with him. Um, but unfortunately that's when he got so angry that he did kill her. Um, and because of that, there were a lot of Katie's friends and family that kind of started this organization in her memory because, um, I wish that was like a really rare story. Um, the only reason I'll be honest with you guys, the only reason that that story in particular over the hundreds and hundreds of other stories, um, that happened that year that were really similar is because, um, Katie's from Barrington and Barrington is a very wealthy community. Um, Barrington's a predominantly white community. Um, and we all know that sometimes people pay more attention to that stuff when it happens in those communities. And so even though Katie's story was horrifying, um, and even though it absolutely was justification for us to have more education about dating violence and what it looks like and how to leave those relationships, um, it's also important to acknowledge that there are loads of people just like Katie who don't get their own program because people aren't going to give them that attention. Because um, sometimes it's seen as like an inevitable byproduct of the area you live, which is really messed up. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to make sure I shifted back to Katie Brown instead of my woe is me. My woe is me was for the people in this room who might ever experience something like that. But also like the, the fact of the matter is that I am far less likely to encounter a lot of the really life destroying uh, domestic violence stuff as a recipient uh, than, than a woman would be. Uh, and again, I'm sure there's stats and data. Um, I wanna do two more questions. Uh, so <laughs> going back to he's not the goat, he's the donkey. Huh? The donkey, not Didn't the goat. He said a camel. word. He said a word. Uh, what was the word for donkey? Lahmar. Lahmar. That's what his family calls him. All right. So <laughs> la Lahmar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So I was, I was gonna go into like the recent news, more recent news, but yeah. 
the Oscars. The Will Smith. Oh slap. yeah. I was gonna ask about how do you think about the whole relationship between Jada and Will Smith? Man, you asked about something I've watched nothing but videos about for the past week. Um, I have so many thoughts about the Oscars. So I think one thing that does bother me a little bit is I think that everyone is like, you know, because we've gotten this question before already in class, everyone's saying, oh, Will, you know, Will Smith is so violent. Do you approve of that? Um, and the answer is, am I ever going to approve of violence? Not necessarily. But I think it's interesting that no one is framing what Chris Rock did as violent because it was right. Mm-hmm. Like that is a woman with alopecia. That is a woman who has probably some level of trauma surrounding her hair loss um, in ways that I can't even necessarily understand. And like he embarrassed her in front of everyone. He literally caused actual emotional hurt and also fear because fear of humiliation is a fear too. Fear doesn't just mean fear for your life. So literally caused hurt and fear to get his own power and to get his own clout. Um, so I think Chris Rock was violent too, for one thing. Um, as far as Will and Jada's relationship, man, I don't think I could ever watch enough of those Red Table Talk videos to begin mm-hmm. to figure that out because they've got a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they yeah I, I think it's hard I'll say this I think that every relationship is different and I think that one of the things that can differ a lot relationship to relationship is what you need as far as exclusivity and what you need as far as like boundaries there are some people who don't get jealous if you talk about other people that you're into and there are some people who um, don't get jealous if you talk about having dated other people um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see that sometimes they seem a little bit intense at each other. Like, I think that there's a lot of unresolved stuff there, it looks like. But also, who am I to say I'm not their therapist? Will Smith doesn't strike me as somebody who seems not jealous <laughs> by, by <laughs> hearing these not. things. He, he has pretty intense emotional reactions to when uh, Jada talks about, yeah. um, what was it, Austin was Austin. the one she was with? Yeah. Um, can you please do your impression one more time of Jada? <laughs> Oh, I I didn't break it. I wanted I didn't want to marry Will Smith. I wanted to marry Tupac, but Tupac died. So my mom made me marry him because I got Jaden. <laughs> wow. Wow. But Jaden's friend was hot. Sorry. Well, Jaden's friend was cute. So I wanted him to come to my house. Oh god. Like <laughs> you know what's in interesting? Libby Libby brought it back to Chris Rock. Um and uh a lot of people, you know, uh Will Smith has suffered some of the um some of the penalty because of the physical interaction but like a lot of the hatred that i'm hearing is not at will smith or chris rock it's at jada it's at jada and and here like give me one second jada's not very likable i i i don't i've never ever found a lot of great value in jada or her acting or in any regard and i hate that me saying that about a black woman right like it just feels wrong and i want to support and i wish that i wish that i thought she was better but but she's not very likable, but but for her to be targeted as like she didn't hit anybody, right? She totally did the look. It it looked the, like the she smile, put out a hit. Right? Right? It, Everyone was talking about that, like, oh, she smiled. It looked like she put she a smiled. hit. It looked like she whispered It looked like she she did a Jean Grey, uh, what do you call it? Uh, telekinesis or something, <laughs> like some telepathic, uh, you better kick his ass, like that kind of thing. Awesome have done that. But but that's not <laughs> Wow. Wait, wow. Austin would have done that. <laughs> may, I mean, maybe Will Smith is thinking that, right? Maybe Will Smith is, like, their relationship seems from the outside in. It seems broken and toxic. And I wonder if Will Smith is thinking, I'm not doing good enough to keep her attention. I, I have to do hard. more. It must be hard to when everyone's in your relationship. Like, everyone knows your business. Mm-hmm. And then imagine, like, everyone suddenly knows that your wife 
is doing something with another yeah. guy and then you're already sensitive about that this is the woman you love right and then all of a sudden this guy makes fun of your sick wife it's like i'm sorry but people were like he was by i'm i he was he was violent but let's be honest most people will do the same thing probably most people will probably react the same way or worse like get hit unless it was yeah, the rock actually yeah. actually i've been hit for less yeah, i'm surprised you really shot the what if it was the rock though the actual the rock, the rock. The rock who, whose wife you're messing if with. not chris rock if it was if, the rock it was the rock on stage you said that joke but he still slapped will, will, will smith would have been know. like ha he would have did his yeah yeah i've seen realized. so many interpretations of will smith's laugh where it ranges from either he thought it was genuinely funny and then like oh or it was the whole thing it was like yeah that's exactly it the like he was laughing the whole time because he thought it was funny but he was about to hit him was the other one i kid you there's actually VR game called You Are Will Smith oh, or seen, You Are Chris Rock. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. And they already put him in the WWE 2K22. Uh, he, he just slaps people. The uh, Will Smith just goes around slapping people. I could tell you, though, if it was The Rock, not Chris Rock, Will Smith would have waited until he got home and then been like, man, he's lucky I didn't. I should have. He would have did that kind of thing. This, this clip, sorry, uh, one thing I wanted to say. This is a clip on TikTok where Gina's like, I don't care what people say about my hair. Yeah. And then it, and then it like cuts like the Oscars to like her looking like <laughs> yeah. after the joke. I mean, I mean, I got a whole thing. I got a whole thing about rich people at the Oscars and and why I think it's okay for people. Like, you don't want to see people bully, right? And especially in the context of what we're talking about, you don't want to see people get bullied. But if there's anybody I want to see get bullied, it's probably those rich people. Like, go ahead, take them down a peg. Uh, I'm not advocating for it. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Your answer stands. Uh, last question for Libby. <laughs> you're sorry you're sorry for your impression of jada no i'm not sorry about that. no don't apologize that i'm not sorry about. i will always make fun of rich people regardless mm-hmm. hell yeah that's what i'm saying we homies yeah i was gonna say yeah. listen i'm sorry about the question i'm gonna ask you mentioned uh, katie brown right mm-hmm. so are you about to roast katie brown no. are you gonna do that like katie no. brown's dead no. Girl. I'm saving this video clip. This video clip's going on Instagram where you wait, roast wait, 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 Katie Brown. Yeah, I'm really curious to hear it. All right, go ahead. But, uh, no, no, no. Let me explain. Because we were talking about toxic relationships with women and men. And then we see this situation mm-hmm. with a white woman mm-hmm. getting killed by her boyfriend. Here's the thing. What do we do with these kids, especially Hispanics, minorities, who Sometimes, and most times, see it growing up. Because I remember I saw it growing mm-hmm. up. I saw my mom almost get murdered by wow. my dad. And I saw the constant abuse. I was abused. And then in my future relationships, I did end up in those toxic relationships. I was in one for three years. So I've been in those parts where it was multiple things. But, and then I see it every day when I'm walking down the street. And I can't even walk down the streets by myself. So how do you teach people especially people who you have to re-educate them almost mm-hmm. because i feel like i wouldn't have the the patience i guess because i'm okay with educating people about my gender my sexuality mm-hmm. that but when it comes to something as personal as like my trauma and trying mm-hmm. to re-educate people like my dad or re-educate those people who harass me on the street i feel like i would just break down yeah because like how do you change that mentality i just i couldn't do it yeah, that's a really good question. So, because you're so right, like depending on, because we mostly um, teach out of Fall River, that's like the majority of the area that we teach in. And so, um, obviously, like a lot of people in Fall River specifically. Y'all are um, all fumbling everything today. Yeah, everybody, yeah. Everybody, yeah. Y'all, this is the most Butterfingers crew ever. Um, so, 
We teach a lot in Fall River. We teach a lot in Providence. We teach a lot in New Bedford. Um, we teach a lot in areas where like there are loads of students that I have who see violence at home on a daily basis and will kind of look at me and go, yeah, this is nothing new. And it, it changes so much depending on where I am. Cause sometimes my burden is, Hey, understand that this happens to people. And sometimes my burden is, I understand that this is happening to you. Um, we need to talk about the fact that it shouldn't be. Um, and telling someone something shouldn't be happening to them is not easy because like, sometimes that's not useful information for you. Like if you're in it, if you go home and you know that that's, what's waiting for you at home, that's not easy knowledge for you to have to process like, Oh, this shouldn't be happening to me. This isn't normal. This is wrong. Um, I think the biggest thing, cause what you said about having to change someone's mind who is violent. Um, I think that's why we start teaching in fourth grade, to be honest with you. Um, because I think that it's a lot easier to prevent a pattern from forming than it is to break a pattern that has already been formed. It's not impossible, but it is easier. Um, and so I think that it is more helpful if we can give people that foundation and say, hey, um, on some level, because we're human beings, we're all going to try to control each other. The, this is how you can notice yourself doing it. And these are the things you can do instead. Um, and a lot of the time, because we start talking about that in fourth and fifth grade, I like to think that that can prevent people from developing into people who will do that later. So are there times where I can talk to older people who are being violent to a partner? Yeah, sometimes. Um, can I always fix that behavior? Almost definitely not. I don't know what happens when they go home after that training. Um, chances are their entire life doesn't turn around just because of the one training. Um, but I think that almost the bulk of what we do that's helpful is making sure that there are fewer abusers and not just like converting abusers into people who will no longer abuse, I guess, if that answers your question. Just preventing them from starting. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Which is why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, you know, what really scares me is I don't, I, I don't feel like I have to only maybe in job interviews as a Latino, like in that way, am I marginalized? And I feel like uh, sometimes my name matters and sometimes uh, I've been called a hoodie before, um, not wearing an actual hoodie at the time. I've been called a hoodie before uh, from a really old um, Donald Trump person. Uh, and I don't mean she's a voter or a supporter of Donald Trump. I mean, she actually looks like Donald Trump. Oh, God. Uh, orange. She's, she's orange. She has the she has the scarecrow hair. Oh my God. Uh, the whole, Damn. the whole thing. But somebody told one of the guys I, I worked with over there told me, you know, sometimes you got to eat a piece of shit sandwich. That's what he said to me. Those are the <laughs> words that he said to me. And what that means is I had to think about it. Right. What does that, what does that mean? Sometimes you got to eat a piece of shit sandwich. I mean, sometimes you got to just go with it. Sometimes you got to just, you know, do the thing. And even if it's stupid, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it makes you feel, even if it makes you feel marginalized, even if it makes you feel targeted or a microaggression, um, but I said no, and I don't have to. And I, but I also know that that's very privileged as a man, and as a man who's kind of come up and educated and blah blah blah. I know that I can say no and advocate for myself. Maybe sometimes I'll lose some opportunities, but there's always more opportunities. Um, and I feel like uh, I I listened today, and I feel like like I I listened to Desi's experience, and I listened to your experience, and I've seen other people just simply walking up the street. I watched a mutual friend of ours get catcalled in Bristol. Um, and, My favorite. and it's, I mean, that's a thing, but- My favorite thing that anyone ever said to me, yo baby, let's go make a baby together. It's yo like, baby, let's go make a baby. That was weird. Baby, let's go make a baby. I was didn't like, think Yeah. In the yeah. car too. It's not great. It's not, it's was, not was great. He yeah, he was driving. Was uh, I was like, like the passenger seat. But you're talking about maybe we need to maybe we need to change the abusers. But 
yeah, that's what you're doing. And that's what Katie Brown's doing. And, I, and that's what, you know, uh, Steambox having you here, that's, that's part of our effort. But that's not the usual effort. The usual effort is not to change the abuser. The usual effort is to tell Desi, hey, maybe you're wearing your hair in a certain way that was maybe attracting. I share my, show my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Have I'm you ever heard stuff like that? Yeah. I'm distracting <laughs> people with my shoulders. I should cover oh, up. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I need oh. to. I can't keep my hair up. You want to wear Because this is my neck. And that's distracting. Which is so messed up. Because if you think about it, like, all right, this is like the easiest question in the world. And I was just talking to a bunch of my 11th graders about this. Um, how many of you guys want to sexually assault someone right now? What? How many of you guys want what? to? Any of you want to? I think that's the appropriate answer, even though it was a yes or no question. I think what? Yeah, <laughs> that's the appropriate answer. Um, does anybody want to? How many? Raise your hand if you want how to. No, great. Okay. Um, is there anything? If someone came up to you right now and was hell bent on getting you to sexually harass them or sexually assault them, is there anything they could do or say or wear that would make you do that? Yeah. So it doesn't matter what we wear, does it? Like at the end of the day, it's entirely reliant on the other person's choice because you guys know that there's nothing someone could say or do or wear to make you do that. It's always going to be the other person's choice. And especially when we look at the fact that you are four to four and a half times more likely, depending on which data you look at, um, to be harassed or assaulted by someone, you know, um, a lot of the stuff that we tell people to protect themselves, it doesn't make any sense. Like, sure, you're going to bring pepper spray if you're walking home alone at night. That's not where you're the most likely to get assaulted. It's going to be hanging out with your friends or with your partner. Are you going to bring pepper spray on every date you ever go on? Probably not. Desi's been asked, Desi's been asked or, or told that, and, and I love when you took it away from your clothes and brought it to the neckline, because that's something that men with short hair can relate to, right? Because if you have your hair up, and now people can see your neck. That means that's like some kind of sexual transmitter. It's sexy. Where, You're trying to tell me something. Where many of the boys in this room, you can see their neck. And so it's not really that you have your hair up, right? Like, no. like you can see their neck. They'll, they'll go to the extra. They'll go the yeah. extra mile to try and, and And you know what? It's funny because as two people who are like attracted to girls, like you don't see girls doing that. Like you don't see girls I like looking. Sexually assaulting girls. Yeah, like you don't see like like I can think girls are attractive, but there's nothing about that that makes me like a, a harass somebody because they're wearing a tank top or something. No, I, I honestly, I have just recently found out that people were actually into the nape of the neck. What? Oh, actually, I'm not. No, no, yeah. like, I know what? I know a lot of things that people are into. Some of them completely and utterly like abhorrent, but I'm not going to like. There's Google searches them. for all kinds oh, of yeah, stuff, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. no, I know like I know like 400, but like the nape 400 of the neck. Exactly. But like the nape of the neck was <laughs> completely new to me. Yeah. yeah. I was watching. What were some of the ones you were used to? Huh? What were some of the ones you were used to? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding, Jordan. I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm just kidding. No, I'm telling you, man. Though, <laughs> at, very I'm telling you, though even at school, at school, they just did this thing where, like, there's That's no so more confused. dress codes per se. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, but it still is a thing because then even today when I came in with this, they were like, "You have your jacket, right? Mm. You're gonna wear your jacket, right?" And it's like, I thought dress code didn't matter anymore. Like, what parts of me do you want covered, right? Like, can you? Can we like, have? What are you making? Like, because you guys also, you guys are all underage, right? Like, so like barely, but like this has also been happening to your entire lives. Like, why do we need to make anything sexual about your bodies if you're underage? But Libby, you said adult is telling you. You said when you're playing video games, you said sometimes you lower your voice to sound to sound more ambiguous. Yo, 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 man. I mean, sometimes like. Like when I can't get it that low, though. I'll say that. A voice like that. That's his normal voice. I can go lower, but like that's how I'm going to do so badly after the podcast. Wrap up your point. Um, so 
when I when I, again when we come back to the whole Call of Duty stuff, I hear it so many times, so many times. Even in games where you're supposed to be actually helping each other, I still hear it. As long as there is a female or feminine effeminate voice, okay. they just go on a they just go on a ride. And yeah. me and my friends, I'm not going to lie. We when we have uh, friends that are female, we're just like, wow, a woman. I haven't seen that in years. And, but but we never go on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we never go off of just like like making fun of them or like, well, not not exactly. But we don't. Uh, but we don't go on like just straight up sexually assaulting them or saying anything that, that yeah, we're like straight up harassing them, which I have heard a lot of times. Just me playing and just like playing by myself. This is over here just hearing that. Nonsense. This is the power of anonymity, the power of being anonymous and nobody can hold you accountable because they don't they can't look at you and they can't know you and they can't hold you accountable for what you're doing or saying totally when when the same people right gamers we're talking about gamers and we're talking about what a toxic community can be and we're talking about how Libby said that Libby has to change the way she sounds to sound more ambiguous to not be harassed when when every time I go to Penny Arcade Expo, it's the sweetest group of people. It is the sweetest. It's it's thousands of people uh, packed into like an arena. It's like Comic-Con for video games. And they are the nicest, sweetest people. The difference is the anonymity. Mm -hmm. The difference is somebody can look at me and then be like, oh, I'm not going to mess with this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And move on. Where on video games, uh, they're going to say a lot of the things that you've heard and a lot of the things that Libby heard. Uh, Libby, what's the one thing I, I Dr. Grant uh, sister of Viola Davis was on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. And after the podcast, uh, Dr. Grant said, uh, oh man, power to the people. What uh, war, 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 war. So after the podcast, uh, Dr. Grant said, oh man, I'm surprised you didn't ask me about traveling. And why would I? Who thought about nobody? So she said, I'm surprised you didn't ask me about traveling. I love traveling. And then she literally said, I'm not, I would never make this up. She literally said, they call me the Black Indiana Jones. I was like, what? Uh, so, Libby, uh, what haven't we asked you today that you think the people should know before we go? Yeah, I got Yeah, why didn't you ask me? <laughs> I mentioned your dog. <laughs> I, 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 I have a dog now. I was going to get onto that because of the fact that I don't know if you're going to Oh, yeah? Animals are just the greatest. Oh, yeah. Yes, I was. When? Tell me about your three-legged dog. She's pretty great. I'm actually, uh, I recently had some beef with a neighbor because I, I walk, you know, I walk her because you have to walk. Her. It was a bit of a Karen. I don't, I used to walk a three-legged dog like any other dog. Um, and I would walk her past this woman who would look at me and go, and I was like, can I help you? Like, and she, she was glaring at me, like shooting daggers at me. It turns out she inevitably called animal control at one point because she thought I was abusing Lila by walking her because you can't walk a three-legged dog. Bruh. So the camera that thought she was helping something, which is probably one of the worst cameras. I hate yeah. these people. They all, yeah, they all kind of. Yeah. And I was no, like, well, it would be amusing my dog if I didn't walk her. Huh. What's your dog's name? Lila. I'm getting a little worried. Uh, What's your name? My name? Yeah. Libby. Libby and Lila. Yeah. Because I got mixed up. I was like, wait, 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 Libby and Lila, the alliteration. Shout out to Lila. One more time. If you wanna uh if you wanna learn more about uh Libby's work, you go to kbep.org, kbep.org. Uh there's some fantastic articles there. Uh this has been another uh Steambox Central Falls uh podcast, but I am with just so that everybody knows. I'm with my homies from Central Falls, and they are the what? The Warriors. They are the Warriors. Every uh, Warriors from Central Falls, please say peace out. Peace. peace out.